Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance, our podcast series where we speak to industry leaders on financial innovation and fintech. Our podcasts are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. My name is Janine Hurt. I'm CEO at Innovate Finance, and I am delighted to be joined today by Louise Hill, co-founder and CEO at GoHenry, the kids' debit card and financial learning app on a mission to make every kid smart with money. Louise, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Janine. It's it's great to be here. So, Louise, you are a real inspiration in the sector. And I'd love to just start by having you telling us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey and what what has brought you here. Well, uh, that could take a very long time. I'll try and keep keep it short. Um, I guess my background, my professional career began in retail. Um, but fairly swiftly moved across to e-com just at the point where um, the retail industry was transitioning to digital. So it was the most fantastic time to be involved in it. And uh, I was lucky enough to be involved in launching the first wave of e-com websites for some of the UK's biggest household names. So including Next Directory, John Lewis, Debnams, um, and then some e-com only players like uh, the Innovations Group and Scots of Stowe. But uh, that that meant uh, a huge amount of experience and learning in the online world. And I guess also leading large scale cross-functional projects and teams, which uh, has, is something that's stood me in good stead as we've built GoHenry to the size that it is today. So tell me a little bit about GoHenry and the original idea behind it. Well, uh, like I think usually all the best ideas, it came about um, from a a need that I saw in the market Um, way back in, golly, it would have been probably about 2010 um, when my kids were around about seven and nine, eight and 10. I really ought to work out exactly how old they were. Um, And I was trying to figure out because they'd had iPods for Christmas or birthdays just how on earth I was going to teach them that every time they clicked that download button on iTunes, they were actually spending money. And um, the more that I spoke to other parents, the more I heard stories along a similar vein. So uh, I I ended up having a conversation with a number of parents whilst we were stood at the side of uh, a football match that my son was playing in at school and asking them if they were having the same problem. And all kinds of stories came out about um, somebody who'd spent £300 on Xbox um, with uh, downloading something or other for her little pony. And um, a boy who had managed to buy a a real wreck of a car for £600 because he thought it was a he thought it was a model. But basically, we'd all been a little bit foolish and given our kids access to our credit cards attached to digital things they were using and I realized there was nothing out there that could help teach my own children and and everybody else's how to be good with money so uh, that was really where it started and the more I looked into it there there were two um, other parents from the school who joined with me to try and figure out if we'd found found a gap in the market and and could build a business from it but the more we researched into it um, the more it made sense. There is a there's a pivotal there is a pivotal Cambridge University study um, that a lot of people refer to that shows that children's financial habits are largely formed by the age of seven. Um, 
meaning that most young people are already forming core behaviours they take into adulthood. And that then affects the financial decisions that they make for the rest of their lives. So the idea of of catching kids young and giving them the tools and and the means and the empowerment to to learn about money and be confident with it just made so much sense. And that realization really is staggering about how important it is to reach children early on. And I think I saw some data that says that around 92% of parents say their kids are more money confident since joining Go Henry, excuse me, which is really fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about the solutions that Go Henry is providing. Sure. Well, our client base, our customer base is children aged six to 18, and obviously their parents too. We're, we're firm believers that that money management is a key life skill. And um in being a key life skill, it's one a little bit like swimming that is best learned by doing. And um, it's also really, really important to ensure that what we offer, it, whilst it has to be relevant to the parents, equally it has to be relevant to Gen Z and Gen Alpha, because if we haven't got buy-in from the kids and the teenagers, then no matter what their parents want, the learning process just fails. Uh, and that's why we put so much work into research in, uh, for our product and design features. Uh, we work incredibly closely with our parents and, and the young customers to, to really ensure that we get it right for them. And, um, you know, I can I give you a couple of examples. Um, we have money missions, which are in-app gamified uh, money learning lessons to help instill the theory behind the practice that they gain through using the app and the card. Um, that covers the full curriculum in line with uh, the national education guidelines, but uh, in a bite-sized, digestible and fun way, the way that kids want to learn these days. And then cards, we, we offer, I think it's, well, it's well over 70 card designs now. <clears throat> and particularly for teenagers, we have a whole range of special teen designs and a different app experience for teenagers, getting teenagers ready to um, emerge into adulthood so things like they can have their wages paid if they have a part-time job they can have their wages paid direct into their account they can send and receive money um, to family and friends and another example back in 2020 we we launched a range of biodegradable cards um, the first of its kind for, for kids in the UK and they are really some of our most popular cards um, and uh, when we when we did some research uh, it showed that 78% of GoHenry kids would prefer an eco-friendly bank card and would actively choose one over a plastic one. And of course, now we've moved the vast majority of our cards over to, to that format and uh, have to ask the question why some of the uh, larger institutions are not doing the same. It's a very good question to ask. And actually on this, I'd love to hear more, Louise, about what you feel differentiates GoHenry from other providers in the market. You've explained a lot of it there, but tell us a bit more. Yeah. Well, when when we initially launched, we were the only provider in the market. So differentiating ourselves was simple. In fact, the, the bigger challenge was explaining to people what we are and why you needed us. Um, but since then, the the market has has increased, and and I think there are well there are more players in the market today. I think we differentiate ourselves through the financial education. You know, it, it has always been absolutely at the heart of our 
our business. And it was the fundamental reason why I set GoHenry up. We, we launched to the public in the UK in 2012. So um, that's the central core. But then also, I think um, empowering kids to be smart with money is, is our sole focus. It's not an add-on product for us. Um, it's what we do. And it's what everybody in the company is focused on delivering to the best of their ability. Um, and, you know, we now have a company of over 350 employees and, and that's why they're here. It's uh, serving Gen Z, Gen Alpha's money needs. And Louise, you are both co-founder and CEO of GoHenry. So what has your entrepreneurial journey been like so far? <laughs> um, I, as I said at the, the start, I started in retail, um, sort of accidentally transitioned into e-com. Um, and, uh, and then learned a huge amount because it was an emerging market and, and we were all trying to figure out the best way to do this, the best way to serve the customers. And it's been an incredibly fast pace of change. Um, maybe that prepared me a little bit for, uh, launching a startup and, and then growing at the pace that we have done over the past 10 years. But, uh, like most people I've learned lots from mistakes that I've made, uh, I I actually launched uh, an e-com business back in 1998, which we ended up selling to a large retail group four years later. But um, the reason I had to sell it, we had to sell it, was uh, we'd not built it for scale. We ran it very successfully. We were turning over, it wasn't huge, but we were turning over about £5 million a year. We were making a profit, but just did not have either the funding or the time internally to step away and go and find more funding so one thing I swore was when I set up GoHenry that we would make sure we we built for scale from from day one and it's interesting because so many entrepreneurs talk to us about the experiences they've had prior to bring them to a place <laughs> where they could build such an incredibly successful organization. And so on this front, I know GoHenry was recently acquired by Acorns, which is a really phenomenal moment. Can you tell us a little bit more about the story behind this acquisition and how have things changed for you since then? Any key opportunities or challenges you can share with us? Yeah, that that whole process we actually started talking to Acorns well over two years ago now um, and originally uh, were thinking of coming together into, into a SPAC, something that, that uh, at the time was fairly new but, but gaining in prominence. And then the SPAC market went a little bit wobbly and we decided maybe we would uh, just move, step down from that idea and think about it for a little bit longer. And... Um, Actually, what we decided to do was come back together a bit later. But if I if I talk a bit about the reasons for um, uh, coming together with Acorns, it was really just such an incredible alignment of of mission. Um, you know, we have always been all about education and teaching children to be smart with money. Um, Acorns is all about education and giving what, what they term the everyday American, the up and coming, the chance to learn about and have access to investing, easy access investing, um, starting with Roundup, starting with a dollar a day, just to get into the habit as young as they can possibly get them in so that they stay with investing and build build a portfolio for their future. And um, 
that just aligns so phenomenally well with with what we do. And if you think about it, <clears throat> solves, well, certainly answers a question that I've been asked by just about every investor I've ever spoken to over the last 12 years, which is what happens when they're 18. Um, and likewise for, for Acorns, we plug a gap in the same way that they plug a gap for us. So now I have the answer. Um, we have, we have a, I'm, I'm rolling my hands around here in a cycle because we've started to talk <laughs> about a flywheel but the the concept that um, let's say you're a child, you have Go Henry, um, you grow into a teenager, you may migrate across to Pixpay. We haven't spoken about them yet, but that's a, a French company that we acquired last year um, who operate across France, Spain, and now Italy as well. Um, and they particularly focus on teenagers. And then you become an adult and the Acorns products and services are there for you. And then maybe you end up in some in a partnership. Maybe you're buying a house. More Acorns products are relevant for you. Maybe you have a family. Go Henry is relevant for you again. And then and so the cycle continues. So the the whole vision really is to provide um, to deliver financial wellness to the whole family, and provide our joint customer base with an opportunity to manage money through every stage of life. Um, and, and when you look at the geographic locations of the different companies and the size, um, together, GoHenry, Acorns and PixPay have nearly 6 million members across five different countries. So, you know, it's extended both um, groups' international reach and, and created a global company with, with substantial states. I can't speak, substantial <laughs> scale across the US, the UK and the EU. It really is such a great story. And it just showcases how those type of relationships can expand out the impact that yeah. you have on such a level. It really is fantastic. Louise, let's let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about technology and processes. And can you tell us a little bit more about the use of data and how you see that interaction between people and technology developing going forward? Yes, I mean, just... One of the things we often anchor back to is, is a, a, a statement that uh, that we came up with many years ago now. We're, we're built by parents, because I was a parent, and so were the other two people who founded the company, for parents and with parents. And I think you know that very much applies to how we develop all of the customer journeys. It applies to the, it applies to the kids as well, maybe not the built by kids, although uh, some of our team are very young. Um, no, we use data throughout what we do. We talk to customers throughout the UX design with user testing, with focus groups, um, using data from the member services team in feedback loops. And we bring all of that together to look at where we need to go with the product and to prioritize. And of course, we use data to look at engagement stats looking to see which of the features and services the customers are really interacting with well, because that always tells you what they want and what they don't want. Um, and and we, well, we use data at every point of running the business, really, both from, you know, the finances and management of the business, but specifically in terms of shaping the direction of travel of the product and the services, because I think um, it, it just shows if you use the data well, it it tells you where you need to go. In terms of 
interaction um, between people and technology, I suppose um, I would say we can all learn from the younger generation's approach to money um, and the functionality that they demand from their financial service providers. They're, you know, if you think about the younger generation, um, they are digitally savvy, but they're also digitally underbanked. And I think everyone recognizes the need to engage with that next generation of customers and that and understands that their needs are different to the previous generation. Um, I mean, to again, using some of the data that, that we have in 2021, we saw the move towards, well, countrywide, worldwide, probably we saw the move towards a cashless society um, increasing as yet more time being spent at home drove customers online. But as a result, money management skills and online money management skills are more vital than ever because fewer transactions are taking place using cash, be that in a retail, envir a retail environment or online. And I think that really means that financial education for kids is an area that more and more fintechs are getting involved in. And I'm excited to see how that translates into tangible results for young people. I think um, if you look at if we look at how children and teenagers use the services and how they interact with um, how they interact with the technology, personalization is key. It's picking up pace. Um, you know, one size does not fit all. One one of the things we tell people when they join GoHenry, uh, we ask them how many different groups of customers they think they have they're going to have to deal with and most people say well parents and kids and uh, we will say no no because think about a six six-year-old and now think about a 16-year-old so we we actually talk about four groups of customers um that's six to ten ten to fourteen fourteen plus and the parents and we really have to tailor the the product and services the look and feel the language that we use absolutely the money missions that they're, they're different by age group everything has to be personalized to the right age and stage and and then drilling down even if you take the six to ten age group um the kids expect personalization they want to be able to put their own skins on the app they want to be able to choose their own avatars they want to be able to move tiles around to have the the home screen as they want it and and i think what's really interesting in the customer base that we look after is seeing those requirements because they are and expectations evolve um and see them becoming more and more demanding in their expectation of services and uh you know if you think think about the generations that go henry is now dealing with They've grown up with an app for everything, mm -hmm. and that's what they expect. So our job is to make sure when they fly the nest from Go Henry and hopefully onto Acorns, they're independent and confident about their money management skills. But I also think there is a real message there for adult banking services and adult financial services. There's a need to play catch, catch up because we're, we've created a visibility of finances and an immediacy of that visibility as well that the younger generation 
simply expect now when they transition into adulthood. So in the same way that we're seeing consumers' behavior shift and the demands shift, we're also seeing a pretty significant shift in terms of the talent pool. And I know <laughs> this is this is something we've talked about before. I mean, how does Go Henry attract and retain good talent? And what do you think people can do to drive change and be proud of what they do as well? That's a good good question. Um, I I am I was I was going to say I was I was and I am really proud of the culture that we've built at Go Henry um and I think part of the journey between launching the company and and the stage that we're at now um there've been a couple of points where uh, we've had to really step back and realize uh that the pace that we were growing was presenting a challenge to that culture and uh, that we had to stop and do something to keep the culture and the ethos of the company intact. And one of the things we did, trying to think how long ago it was now, probably about six years ago, uh, was to stop. And initially with the senior management team, um, try to think about and articulate, at least in, in some way, what mattered to us as a company. Um, not just the mission statement that's been there forever, but actually what mattered about how we presented ourselves, how we showed up at work, how we worked with each other, how we interacted, what we believed in. Um, and we we put that out to the rest of the business and said, would anybody else like to get involved? And I can remember at the time we'd thought uh, we'd perhaps hold two sessions with anybody who put their hands up one in London one in our farmer offices where our member services team are based and at the time almost everybody in the company wanted to be involved it was amazing but it did mean we had to do three sessions in London and three sessions in Farnborough but um, what we did was was produce prob probably the only physical um, product other than a card from Go Henry is the little red book of Go Henry and that lays out our work principles. Um, and it's something we weave into uh, the recruitment process when we recruit someone. It's something we weave into their onboarding and their first 90 days process. It's something all of our, um, any sort of bonus or reward or OKR or target setting is linked around those work principles. And, um, and actually, we also um, took them through all of our customer contact points. So looking at how we talk to customers, when we talk to customers, uh, what those interactions look like. And that, I think, has made a big difference. Um, but you asked about how do you how do you empower people? How do you, do you make them want to be proud uh, to drive change, proud of what they do? I've always been a firm believer that the best way to learn is by doing. So, you know, that, that was very much part of the ethos in the very the very first shape of the product was it was a real card that kids could use in real shops. It wasn't a game or something online. Um, so learning by doing, being bold and having a go. And, and that's where the go comes from in our name. So while we say the best way to teach kids money management is to trust and empower them, giving them the freedom to go and have a go. 
that ethos we carry over into the culture. And that's what we look for in people we hire and partner companies that we work with. So um, one of the work principles is dare to fail. And <clears throat> it is really trying to say to people, have a go, try it. You know, if you have a great idea, be scrappy, get something together, test it, um, have a go. If it fails, learn from it. Yeah, so we I know that, that didn't that yeah. we know that didn't work, but what might? And <laughs> you know that for one, it helps drive change, it helps drive pace, and and it gives people a real sense of purpose and pride in in what they're doing. And then he's talking about having a go. Uh, I know you are very passionate about driving greater diversity and inclusion across the sector. Uh, is there any programs or any initiatives that you'd like to share with us? Yes, I, I guess we don't have massive, we're not a big corporate, so we don't have a massive HR people team leading great big initiatives. But I think if I go back to the previous question you asked about culture, um, we we firmly believe, I firmly believe representation is key. Um, you know, I often get asked about women in finance or women in tech much, much wider than that, representation is key. It's massively important that people see people who look like them at the place they work. And uh, I guess I would also say at this point, diversity, when people talk about diversity, it's anything that makes you unique. It's, it's both the visible and the invisible. But for me, the best way to encourage that is to create a truly inclusive environment so that, that any member of the team whatever their um, background might be, um, they feel comfortable being themselves and they they truly believe they can bring them their authentic self to work. So we do do we do do some things. Um, we run equity, diversity and inclusion training sessions with everybody as part of their 90 day onboarding. Um, we offer a fully flexible working culture. It's funny, I was talking to a friend about this at the weekend where the company where she works, which will remain nameless, supposedly has a flexible working culture, but is not prepared to allow her to um, leave home, uh, sorry, leave work at four o'clock, sign off at four o'clock on a Thursday and sign back on again at six. Oh. That that apparently is impossible. And I should say it's not a customer facing role. It <laughs> little bit bizarre to me that that wouldn't be OK. Mm -hmm. So we offer a, a truly fully flexible working culture. So parents and carers can juggle their personal commitments. Um, somebody needs to take let the dog out. Um, why would that be a problem? <laughs> why would that be a problem? Um we offer flexible public holidays. So if you are of one religion and the UK happens to have Easter Sunday off, if you want to bank Easter Sunday, work it and use that for another day, you're absolutely welcome to. And we put a lot of effort into um, our, our people team run a, what they call a manager's toolkit, um, where there is a lot of resources for all, all members of the team, actually, and managers talking about different religions and beliefs so that we make sure there is an understanding of how best to support colleagues at different times of the year. But um, 
and I suppose also where we advertise uh, when we're, we're we're trying to attract diverse groups when we're recruiting. So we do advertise on platforms like uh, Black Young Professionals Network. Um, we work with universities who have large student groups um, of underrepresented groups. You know, some of those kind of positive action affirmation um, actions that uh, keep working away at them make a difference. Louise, and finally, I think this has been a really great conversation in terms of thinking about the impact that you're having and how you drive such a positive team as well. Finally, in terms of go, 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 what's next for Go Henry? <laughs> is there is there any more exciting news that you can share? <laughs> oh, there's you. I always end up with a question about the secret sauce, and I obviously can't tell you that. <laughs> um, what an amazing stat that. Uh, I do keep repeating this because it, it amazes me every time I say it. An amazing stat I got told it's two or three months ago now. But in the UK, one in five kids aged 10 to 12 in the UK has got a Go Henry card. And that is yeah. massively <laughs> exciting. It is unbelievable where I, <laughs> when I think where we started 10 years ago. But our mission statement is to make every kid smart with money. And we have a long, long way to go before we reach every kid. So we are always working on new features and improvements to make sure we're meeting the needs of, of kids, teens and their parents. Um, lots of exciting things to come. Um, you know, the the um, coming together with Acorns really allows us to uh, look at evolving our products in the UK and, and expanding them outwards nothing I can share with you in detail right now. <laughs> well, Louise, thank you so much. Uh, and I am really excited for the next chapter of, of Go Henry as well. Thank you for sharing your story. And listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And please do keep an eye out for our upcoming episodes. All our podcasts are available on our website at innovatefinance.com. And for more insights, please do visit our site. Thank you everyone at home for listening and join us for the next Coffee with Innovate Finance soon. Bye for now. <laughs>